Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be with Chris Hively, the best-selling author of Build the Fort, Why Five Simple Lessons You Learned as a 10-Year-Old can set you up for startup success. Chris, in the book, breaks down his personal fort building experiences and uses them as a metaphor to reel his journey as a co-founder of MapQuest, the startup factory, and the big top recruiting platform, and many others. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Beth, what a great way to spend a Friday and, you know, head off the weekend. I appreciate that. So, before let, let's go back in time just a little bit. First of all, thank you for changing the world because MapQuest, arguably the first place we could go get, you know, GPS directions online. And uh, it's funny, we welcome. were teaching my 16-year-old son to drive, and he and my his two little sisters are boggled, minds blown by the fact that when we learned to drive, we had paper maps on the seat next to us and had to pull over to look at them until you change the world. Well, I still, you know, what's really sad, Seth, is that uh, ask them what MapQuest is and they won't know, right? Because they use Google Maps. So uh, yeah, you know, I always say to the kids, uh, paper map, what, what's that about? I go, go into your dad's car or your granddad's car um, in, in the pouch behind the driver's seat, stick your hand in there yep. and you're gonna find a map. Yep, absolutely. All right. so. Um, before we get to the book, let's just talk about the origin the origin story. How did you get started in terms of creating what would eventually become MapQuest? Well, thanks for asking because, you know, we all have an origin story that's important to us. And, uh, you know, my story starts as a uh, geography major in college, believe it or not. I didn't know that was a major. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, as I jokingly say, I, I still remember the look of my dad's face when I said I was going to be a geographer. And he said, what, what are you ever going to do with that? Um, turns out I was an average geographer. Um, but like many of us, there was one class that just kind of lit my brain on fire. And at the time, it was called computer mapping. And computing by that time was at that time, late 70s, early 80s was a mainframe and a, and a printer interface. I was going to say, and, you got punch uh, cards for that? Just post, you know, you could still smell the punch cards in the back room, but just post uh, punch cards. But, you know, Seth, I, you know, it didn't matter 
by today's standards, I just was turned on. And I'm like, that's cool shit. I, I got to do more of that. And then believe it or not, I went on to get a graduate degree in the darn stuff. Um, you know, I, I went nine days after my undergraduate to graduate degree. There was three colleges in the U.S. that did computer mapping and I wanted to be in. And uh, the other interesting thing is I learned how to write code as an undergraduate, which is very unheard of in that time period. Uh, not today, of course. But, I was going to say, uh, many, most people didn't even know what code was in the late, in that time period. No, and for the old people out there, it was Fortran, right? I learned. Oh, my it. God, I remember Fortran. <laughs> so I'm dating myself that I'm old enough to remember that with you. Yeah, you shouldn't have agreed to that or, or been so enthusiastic. Um, but, uh, you know, very typical of like a lot of big early tech stuff. I left graduate school, basically went to work for the U.S. government spent a couple of years there, got recruited into a mapping company, um, mapping, comp uh, mapping company still making maps the old fashioned way by hand as a services company headquartered in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You Which know? is, you know, the tech capital of the world. Exactly, or at least the tech capital of South Central Pennsylvania. As I like <laughs> right, right, that big territory. But, um, you know, Seth, you know, that thing that that's in every one of us, um, that little entrepreneurial, like, I bet there's a better way thing um, was driving, you know, just drove me. I didn't really know what an entrepreneur was, but I was doing stuff. So inside that mapping company, we built software for all the auto clubs that you referenced, the yep, AAAs. AAA, the yep. Got my um, trip tick. Yep. I remember those. So so the, the quick, the end of this kind of origin story really comes to a point in terms of MapQuest is follow the technology desktop, CD-ROM, internet. And over the course of about six years, that was where technology was going. And we just kept porting our stuff to the next technology. And uh, in February of 96, we launched something called MapQuest, having no idea whether anybody would even care. And uh, yeah, so for all the kids out there, it was you know probably top five you know most actively visited sites because now you could figure out where you were going, you know, and and by the way, we went online, you know, so we didn't have to print all these maps out. And what happened? We all printed. Yes, we printed the directions with, yes. Directions, so. All right, well, congratulations on that. And obviously you've done an incredible amount since then, um, which we could do, you know, a six hour interview on. What inspired you to write the book? And why is the fort that we built as kids how did you decide that was going to be your metaphor for educate for teaching? Yeah, you know, you don't get to my age without hopefully eventually figuring out what you're good at and what you're not good at. And it turns out what I'm good at is simplifying complex things. And um, like I say, you know, the, the books that I've written so far are simple books from a simple mind for simple people. <laughs> so, you know, there's so much noise or so much kind of you know, we get access to so much stuff today, but how do you process that? And so um, the guy that wrote the original MapQuest software, Marshall Clark and I, we've done three or four businesses together. And somehow along that journey or those journeys, we stumbled upon a, a metaphor. And the metaphor is that, you know, let's think like we're building a fort. And, and, and the, Seth, the story I always say is, you know, so if you, where'd you grow up? Uh, let's say Amherst, New Buffalo, New York. 
Buffalo, New York. So you're growing up Buffalo. I want you to think back to your, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. It's a summer day. You wake up, you see your buddy next door and you say, and I say, hey, Seth, do you want to build a fort? And you say, sure. Because it took you about all of like a nanosecond to go, yeah, why not? Right. And because that's what we did as 10 year olds. Okay, let's figure it out. Let's dive in. Where are we going to get the wood? Where are we going to get the tarp? My dad's got this. I saw some things down the street, right? And so that ended up being kind of, when I broke it down, I thought a really nice little simple metaphor. Now, just to juxtapose that, let's do the adult version. Ask me if I want to build a fort. Do you want to build a fort, Chris? I don't know. Here's the adult version. I don't know. I don't know anything about fort building and I haven't built a fort in such a long time. And I don't know where we're going to get this stuff. And, you know, is it going to be any good? And right. So like, I'm, I think starting businesses is about silencing that voice right there. And so the idea of build the fort as applied to lots of different things, um, it's just, okay, let's channel our 10 year old. Let's try to remove the noise and let's start breaking this down and start doing it. Cause you can't really build something until you take your first step in. 100%. And you've had, you know, over 30 years of experience in startups, investment, big company, entrepreneurship, and community development. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes we make when it comes to, let's say, starting a business or growing a business that your methodology laid out so well and build the fort can help solve? Well, that's, you know, that's a, that's, that's the whole, that's the best question here because we do that, right? We, we, we become adults and we, so overcomplicated and, and we have this vision that's at least like five to seven years out and then we sit there and go well, how the heck are we ever going to get started right how do we take that first step many of us need more information some of us need perfect information by the way it doesn't exist right so part of the build before to say all right listen first thing is let's stop thinking six years out let's think three months from now i love the idea of three right? Three months. What do I need to know at the end of three months that would make me say, let's keep working on this? Well, let me go talk to some people. So rule one of build the fort is go out and socialize your idea without any fear of inhibition. There's still people who think that their idea is so special that they can't share it, that someone's going to steal it. It's kind of silly, right? I can tell you that whatever idea you have, there's 20 people just in the U.S. thinking the same darn thing. At least at least, right? Maybe just in, even in your neighborhood. So the idea is, step one, just go out and start talking to people. It's amazing what happens when you start getting feedback, right? Like when you start building a fort. Hey, Seth, you want to build a fort? Chrissy, want to build a fort? Yeah. Well, I got this. I got that. What do you think about that? Where are we going to put it? Like all of a sudden, the thing starts to take shape and starts getting molded. Second thing is, as you're doing that, you'll inevitably find a couple people that want to work on it with you. I think best entrepreneurship is done as a team sport, not a solo sport. It can be solo if you kind of have a really great network to lean on. But uh, yeah, go from there. Three, gather the stuff that's closest to you, right? That wood, that tarp, you know, don't try to wait for the magical end result. Like we talk about that, the MVP, right? The minimal viable product today. Four is keep the scope really small. When you and I built that fort, we weren't figuring out where the bathroom was going to go or how to, what the kitchen was going to look like. We just started hacking it away. And if something didn't work, then we broke it down and recast it again, right? And then the fifth is don't ask for permission or wait for 
perfect data because it doesn't exist. Just as Nike says, just do it. Well, it's a beautiful framework and obviously goes into a whole lot more detail with step-by-step -step processes in the book. Um, I'll share two examples. One, um, we did build a fort and in the field behind the house that I grew up in and went back and we many, many years later, and because we found out that someone had bought the land, this giant field, and now they were putting up apartment buildings and we went back before they destroyed the forest. That fort was still there like 20 years later. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> it had been, we could, you could see it had been improved upon and used, but some <laughs> other kids who now lived in that neighborhood over the next 20 years must have found it and said, oh, this is cool. We'll make it even better. Exactly. And then I'll give you one other quick recent example is that my son has taught himself to code um, in Python and asked me a question. Hey, dad, what could I automate in your business? And I gave him a problem. And he said, I could do that. I'll figure it out. And he comes back and literally has coded a software program that solves a huge problem that not only our business has, but is literally turns out to be is a multi-billion dollar industry. And I'm telling him we're using it every day. My staff is all using it. They all love it. We're going to do a webinar and start selling this thing. And he goes, how can I be the first person who came up with this way to solve it? How come no one, there's a billion dollar companies in this space. How come no one else has done this? And I'm like, Max, I don't know. I don't care. All I know is yours works. <laughs> yeah. Can he spend the summer in North Carolina? Because I need a kid like that. <laughs> well, I was going to say he's got he, he's got an internship for a, for a local tech company because he needed one other than his dad's company. Um, but I, I, I'll certainly connect you. Um, what was most surprising to you about the feedback you've gotten from the book? Yeah, um, I think the feedback that makes me smile the most is that everyone gets the metaphor in the first 30 seconds, right? And I see that also, I do a lot of kind of keynote speaking and things. And one of the, one, and, and inevitably during the speech, I'll say, so how many of you have a business idea, right? 98% of the hands go up. And then I said, well, leave, leave your hand up if you actually have taken the first step. And, you know, another 97% of the hands go down. So that's the part that I just think sucks, right? Because what you and I know is that it's really not that scary. Um, you'll figure it out. Like it's worth the, you know, it's worth the leap as, as some of us say. So I think the most surprising thing is that there is a group of people who say, you know, thank you for putting this in a form and format that's easily digestible that I can actually use tomorrow, right? And that's that, that's that jam of mine, simplifying the complex. You know, it is hard. It is difficult when you look at the thousand things over a five-year horizon, but let's just figure out those first three things and nail those. The next three will come after that. That you are hundred percent breaking, you know how to eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time, you break it down into bite-sized chunks the same way you, your fort analogy um, works with, talk a little bit about, I don't think we have enough time to go into every business you've got your hands on right now, but give us a couple of the highlights. Well, I'm going to go to the thing that's most current in my head, and that is that, uh, you know, instead of building one company or investing in 10 companies, um, right now, my kind of startup is how do I go into a usually a tier two or tier three city and how do I work with the kind of leaders there to build a community where more startups can flourish, right? 
And so I'm really been jamming out Seth on and kind of full geek, by the way, with science and the whole thing is how do startup communities build and thrive, right? We're all familiar with Silicon Valley, obviously Boston, New York City, now today, places like LA, Seattle, Austin, Texas. But, you know, I spent the last 10 years in Raleigh, Durham, helping that, you know, create that community. Um, and it's, by the way, as a side note, it's really fun to see other people be successful and grow their companies. Um, so that's where I jammed. In fact, I've just written another book under the Build the Fort series about how to be how to be part of your community and how that the little efforts that you and I make individually collectively add up to something pretty special. That is absolutely awesome. For our folks who are watching or listening and want to learn more, where's the best place for them to get a copy of the book? And where's the best place for them to go to learn more about you? So books are all on Amazon. I just actually haven't announced yet. I just have uh, an, an added an audible um, uh, version of, of the second book. And then at my last name.com, Hively.com. Um, by the way, I have open office hours. I'll talk 20 minutes with anybody. You can sign right up on my website and see a little bit more. And then I have a newsletter that I put out weekly. Uh, I just try to share as much stuff as possible and I enjoy doing it. So that's my jam. That is an awesome jam. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it is incredibly valuable. This has been Seth Green with Chris Hively. Please go get the book, Build the Fort. Check out the website. Chris, thanks again for joining us. Seth, thanks so much. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.